This is SQPN, the StarQuest Production Network, leading the way. This episode of The Secrets of Star Wars is brought to you by Bluehost, a great and affordable hosting provider for your blog or website. Check it out at sqpn.com bluehost. And by the Amazon Store. Click on the link on our website, starwars.sqpn.com, before you shop at Amazon, and your purchase will help support our show. You're listening to another episode of The Secrets of Star Wars. Hello and welcome back to a new episode of The Secrets of Star Wars. I am Father Roderick, podcasting from the Netherlands, and joining me today is my fellow Jedi podcast <laughs> promoter, producer, co-host, Dom Bettinelli. Hi, Father. How are I, you? It's a team come true. I'm a Jedi. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> Aren't we all learning the ways of the Force. Well, today is an important day for us because we are so happy to be on top of the news for once. And it's, like, it's like Christmas. <laughs> it, oh, it's it's more than Christmas. It's better than Christmas. I I was so excited. Of course, we're, we're talking about the big, big news uh, of the cast announcement and the first read, the first, how do you call that, table read of the script. Yes, table read, I think is they called it. And the photo that was also released on StarWars.com, a classic um, black and white photo of all the old and new cast members, that, that is old, uh, the ones that we already uh, knew would be in the new movie, but also a, a couple of new faces. And the entire photo, I don't know about you, Dom, but it made me think back of those early photos that we saw. Uh, uh, I've, I've got this big coffee table book of the making of Star Wars 4, of A New Hope, and you've got plenty of photos like that, and it totally evoked that atmosphere. Uh, which I think was, was probably intentional. I think so too. And then in the background, that you know R two D two and sitting in one of those crates, they they make it look as if they are sitting literally um, uh, on the back lot of the of the studio in London. And probably yeah. that is the case. This is a soundstage, definitely. It's I, I want to look at this photo and examine it, just like a Kremlinologist. Like I'm looking at you know 1985 spy photos of Soviet missile you know, uh, 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 bases in in Russia. You know, like like I'm the CIA. I just want to analyze. Every detail in this photo to, to kind of get every every bit of news out of it that I can. You, you know, don't think that I didn't try to blow it up so I could see over the shoulder of some of these actors and maybe see what's on the page. Obviously, I couldn't. But, uh, it, yeah, it, it's just such an exciting, uh, exciting moment just to look at this photo. Absolutely. And uh, we will go over the details in this photo, the, the faces, both the old and the new faces, and what that could mean for the story of Episode 7. Um, and there are a few minor other news factoids that we want to get out of the way before we uh, start our analysis of the of this this cast announcement, which also have their importance for what we are uh, going after, which is you know can we can we guess can we figure out puzzle together what this new movie and perhaps this whole trilogy will be about? And there was a, another major 
news fact that we that broke um, since we recorded our last episode, and that was an official statement on StarWars.com about the expanded universe. All these novels, comic books, games that have been published uh, since the release of the first six movies. And uh, that have filled the, the 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 hunger, filled the filled the the void after, especially after um, the return of the Jedi, the hunger for more uh, stories about our favorite characters, Luke Skywalker, Han Solo, Princess Leia, um, and now uh, we and we've talked about this. You know, could they leave that expanded universe intact by selecting a time period where there's actually not much in the the official. A timeline or will they get rid of it altogether and um i think the latter is is kind of what happened right yeah we kind of speculated that um because we knew that uh peter mayhew was going to be back we'd, we'd heard that and that meant that chewbacca would be back and then in this expanded universe chewbacca had been killed off that kind of i think was a sign um and i think that's probably why they made this announcement was you know, if they're going to announce that Peter Mayhew as Chewbacca was going to be in Episode Seven, that had a def- that was a definitive statement about the expanded universe. And so, I think in order to um, get ahead of fan outrage and 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 distrust and and anything like that, that could have they came out, they had a proactive statement, they let us know that um, the this this expanded universe canon was you know. Was was not? They're not throwing it away. It's in fact they they did say that they're going to continue um, to publish the books under oh, I forget what they called it's it. A label like, called Legend. Legend. Star Wars Legends. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know the, it it exists. You know, but it's not going to be part of the canon of these new movies. And uh, I have mixed feelings about it. There's so many excellent elements from that expanded universe that I would love to see on the big screen. I know that there's some fans who have already heard from before this announcement that said that if they don't include the expanding universe, I'm going to call declare these movies a failure. Uh, I think that's a little precipitous, but you know, that's uh, you know, that that's up to every individual fan, I suppose. But um, so what is, what is going to be Canon? So the six movies and the two animated series, Clone Wars and the upcoming Rebels. I think that's I think that's it. That's uh, that's all that they're going to include, right? Exactly. And so it also discards all the video games that have been made in the past years uh, or past decades, even many of which were weren't that good. But for instance, Dark Forces and Dark Forces Two thought had a very interesting storyline, but but went very far in the way they expanded that you know the the, the original Star Wars stories and elements. Um, let's all keep in mind that this is not the first time that parts of this expanded universe are discarded. In the very early days, and I think I've mentioned this before, there were comics, there were certain, uh, let's say, alternate timelines almost, um, that later on when this expanded universe started to uh to to grow more important in terms of sales um they there there already was uh at least one person i know of that worked uh, on skywalker ranch uh keeping track of all the continuity in this expanded universe and they back then and this is years and years ago decided to discard uh those early comics and early stories and even early video games from from that you know, internal expanded universe canon. So it happened before. I think that they um, 
the way they formulated that uh, official statement was very positive. It's to create maximum freedom. It also kind of left the door open a little bit that, you know, perhaps some of the elements from the expanded universe might still be used in the new stories. They just don't want to confine J.J. Abrams and the other people involved to, you know, all the details of this expanded universe. And uh, uh, otherwise you, will, you would get these Star Trek-like conversations where you, know, you have to find so many implausible uh, ways to explain why in the movie this and that is not mentioned or when while this star system is in the picture where it was while it was blown up in this video game 10 years ago. It's... Uh, I think it's a very smart move, and Ooh. I like I like the fact that they label um, the um, expanded universe that is now no longer really officially canon with the the, the name Legend because that's kind of what it is. These are these are stories about our heroes. They're kind of legends. They might have happened. They might not have happened, but they're good stories. You know, I'm I'm gonna say that um, I think that this move is probably prompted by J.J. Abrams and his experience with Star Trek and having to deal with all of that canon mess that that you just talked about in mm -hmm. Star Trek um, that he you know kind of swept away with a with a uh, with a brushstroke of uh, you know of um, oh this is an alternate timeline and he knows that he's not going to get away with that in the Star Wars no this is another way of doing that uh, so true, I, I kind of feel like this was uh, one of the conditions J.J. Abrams implemented and I don't fault him for it I, he needs. If this is going to be a success, he needs maximum freedom to make the best Star Wars movie possible, and I'm okay with that. You know, we're keeping what's most important about Star Wars. Let's remember that we're going to have the original six movies. Yes. Um, frankly, if he just decided to go with five movies or four movies, I'd be okay with that too. But you know, if we have the original six, um, as long as we don't have Jar Jar, that's um, that's okay. We can talk about that a little later as we talk yes. about the cats. And let me uh, let me add two more uh, minor things. Um, I, I think. Um, the the one of the problems of the of the prequels was the fact that it everything that happened in the prequels was tied to what already should have happened in the universe of four, five, and six. And sometimes, um, and I'm rewatching the prequels right now, it, it feels a bit contrived. It's almost as if the the creative freedom was was much smaller than with four, five, and six because everything needed to be kind of tie together at the end and 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 so you, you've got a lot of elements in those movies where you you're like yeah yeah we we kind of expected that yes of course that's palpatine that's you know uh it, and and it it feels a bit i don't know it uh contrived a bit too formulaic almost at at, at, at times and and uh, the second point that i want to just remind our listeners of is that J.J. Abrams himself has said that one of uh, one of his dreams with these new movies would be to to give people again the feeling that they had when they first watched A New Hope. That is, you're entering an atmosphere you don't know much. You don't know what to expect. And the story is going to bring you to new places where there is a sense of discovery, a sense of mystery. And I think that Star Wars is in dire need of that because the, the expanded universe has done a terrific job expanding on the basis of what was already there. But let's be honest, a lot of the storylines in the novels, in the video games kind of feel very too familiar almost because it's just uh, kind of rehashing the themes that are in, in the original movies. And I think that J.J. Abrams really wants to lay the foundation for 
a, a completely new style of storytelling, perhaps a new, I don't know, new direction. And I can only applaud that. That's what I want. I want to be surprised. I want to, I don't know, just be excited. Is that um, if he if he worked with this expanded universe, uh, you know, if he were to incorporate this, there'd be all of this complicated storyline that you'd have for those who hadn't read the books and the novel, the the comic books and and all that other stuff. You'd have to explain it somehow, and then you'd have all this exposition to kind of catch us up over the past thirty years of of, yes. of all these complicated storylines that would just be it'd be too much, you know. Clean slate. Let's let's get back to the essence of Star Wars. Um, you know, the a lot of you talk about like the the novels of the contrived plot lines. I mean, it, I, after a while, I gave up on the novels because it seemed to be like, what's the super weapon in this book that they're right. going to destroy? You know, it was well, a again, some, it's, it's just a rehashing the the the, the familiar themes. Yes. And uh, there's there's an upside. It, it makes it feel like Star Wars. There's a downside as well. It's like, oh yeah, seen this before, been there, done that, and that's what we want to avoid in these new movies. Um, also, um, uh, it, it, it will make our job a lot more difficult because now we cannot take for granted anything of the expanded universe. Not even, and this is important when we start talking about the casting. We truly, really don't know. What happened after Return of the Jedi? So the expanded universe had all, always created this tale that Luke Skywalker was married with, with um, what's her name? Uh, Mara, Mara Jade. Uh, that Han Solo and Princess Leia were married and had kids. What if that never happened? What if Han Solo stayed? Han Solo, independent, really, you know, yeah, definitely had a fling for Leia, but... Um, perhaps that didn't result in a happy relationship. I mean, this opens up so many possibilities where perhaps we're sitting there, uh, you know, in the first few minutes of, of, of the new movie and we're like, what? Because <laughs> it is going to be different from... from so I, I think even the, the, like the main story points of, that have always been in continuity in the expanded universe, now J.J. Uh, Abrams is able to get rid of those. And that is going to make, um, I think, the story possibilities so much more exciting. A um, few more uh, little tidbits. Um, the budget has been revealed. Alan Horn has said that uh, he expects that this, uh, these, these three new movies to cost around $200 million. That is a lot of money. Um, it is uh, slightly bigger than uh, The Amazing Spider-Man 2. Uh, sorry, it's smaller than The Amazing Spider-Man 2, uh, which I think is is good because what do you get with Spider-Man 2? You just get a you know a dude in a costume and some 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 um, villains <laughs> and some web slinging. Um, but with Star Wars, you get spaceships and you know wars and Jedi. <laughs> you get more. I think you get more bang for your buck. It's uh it's a smaller budget than uh, the budget for the Avengers, so. Yeah, it's high profile, it's big budget, but it is not unreasonably big. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, you wonder, um, and they didn't talk about that, um, how how much, how how will it be uh, used, that budget? Is it is a it, uh, budget that goes to um, the special effects, to the sets, or is also a big chunk of that money going to the uh, salaries of 
oh, I don't know, Harrison Ford, perhaps? <laughs> In order to get everyone on board, I, I'm pretty sure that there have been some very, very uh, long, difficult negotiations. And that's always about money. So um, the amount, however, is huge when you compare it to the other Star Wars movies. Um, I think I wrote that down somewhere. So Phantom Menace, Attack of the Clones, Revenge of the Sith, they cost about $115 million each, um, but this was 10 years ago. And then the original Star Wars movie is unbelievable. Uh, 1977 only cost $11 million. Wow. <laughs> that, that would be $43 million in today's money. It's still a bargain. Still a huge bargain. Yes. Whereas at the time it was considered to be outrageously expensive, you know, for such a wacky story. How could that ever work? Well, we know the, we know the rest. So let's now go to uh, the, the main topic of our conversation. Let's, let's put that, you know, photo up on the screen. I'm looking at it right now. And, of course, front and center, you've got J.J. Abrams and behind him R2-D2 in a crate and on his right, Harrison Ford, looking very sweaty and warm. <laughs> <laughs> I saw more than one comment about that. <laughs> so again, I, I think this is this is so, th and we know this. This is the official first table read where they brought all the actors together, almost all of them, because there's some rumors that there is uh, at least one major role still lacking. Mm -hmm. And uh, this is a process in which they just read the lines, they read, they go through the script. Everybody reads his lines. Uh, a little bit surprising that Peter Mayhew is also there. <laughs> his lines must be a bit strange. <laughs> but uh, anyway, he's there. Um, uh, missing Kenny Baker, um, which was uh, also a, a big surprise to me that he was part of the official cast. Because I think that I don't think he was in the prequels, was he? Or was he was he listed in the in the credits? Actually, isn't he listed? I don't think he's listed here either. He's not actually listed in this cast list. Oh, but I did. I did hear. I sorry. I did hear that he had been officially announced as well. But oh. I'm I'm not sure if it's on StarWars.com. But it's it's on all the news sites. So I just assume that he he too has been uh, uh, invited to come back. Okay. But a little bit that that surprised me because he hasn't always been the easiest person to work with. I I know that George Lucas really didn't like him and didn't want to involve him in the prequels and it's also a little bit unnecessary because you could totally do R2D2, you know, make him move using either real droids like remote controlled uh R2D2s or CGI ones. So I guess it's more symbolic that he's back than I, I don't really see why they would need, you know, Kenny Baker's incredible talent to swivel around the, the head of, of, uh, of R2-D2. Nor am I even sure that they have, like, an R2-D2 that he could fit in. I was wondering, like, do we know exactly what he did inside the original R2-D2? I mean, yes, yeah, he, sp he, spe he speaks about that extensively. I heard him uh, talking at um, a conference in Dallas around the premiere of The Phantom Manus and... Uh, uh, he told I, I met him at a as one of those uh, uh, pre uh, pre conference gatherings in a bar and um, he, I mean he he was almost like exaggerating his role that he invented the physical language of R two D two and uh, uh, it was basically just you know move around a little bit make shake the the thing which is kind of hard um, and then you know I don't know 
Of course, he didn't. It, it, what makes R2D2 R2D2 is also the sound. It's it's a, a Ben Burt. Um, so, I I don't know um, if if his involvement is is that important. Um, but I think it's just for you know, old time sakes that he's there. And so they can say they brought back the entire original cast. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Except for uh, Lando Calrissian, who is not there, and Billy D. Williams had been. Uh, um, well, he has been, certainly been in talks. He, he made it known to the world that he wanted to be involved, but he's not there, which I think is a good thing because, after all, he, even though he was, you know, played an important role in in Empire and in uh, Return of the Jedi, but he wasn't part of the core group. I mean, when I think Star Wars, I don't immediately think of Lando Calrissian. Plus, kind of his story arc was done. I, I don't see, you know. But I'm kind of glad that they didn't bring him back because otherwise it would just be oh, and that's him. And then we're gonna bring back the Jar Jar Binks. We're gonna bring back the the Ewoks. And oh no, just mix it up a little bit. He's a beloved character, that's for sure. Everyone loved Lando Calrissian, but you know um, he wasn't didn't play that big role. And in fact, it's kind of what they did with Boba Fett in in the prequels. Is in the original uh, three. Boba Fett was a relatively minor character that people really uh, got attached to for whatever reason. Uh, And and so I think Lucas brought him back to to make him the origin uh, of, uh, you know, in a, I don't know, I'm not going to say bizarre way because it's interesting, but Mm -hmm. origin for stormtroopers. uh, I didn't see that coming. Um, But uh, it it would be like that. And I don't know that it's necessary. I mean, it was okay in the prequels. I, I didn't, I didn't mind that much. I thought it was pretty good. But to bring back Lando just because he's popular in in the fan circles, if you don't have a story for him, right? That's kind of that, that would be my problem. Yeah. Um, the, well, let's talk. Let's go back to the photo. So you see Han Solo sitting next to J.J. Abrams. That could also indicate, and perhaps we're, we're kind of uh, over analyzing this, but there are some rumors that Han Solo's role would be major that Harrison Ford either has negotiated or it was meant to be like that from the beginning by J.J. Abrams um, that uh, Harrison Ford's role is is going to be uh, quite extensive in in this first episode um, what do you think about that well first let's let's say up front we're gonna overanalyze this photo let's just <laughs> <laughs> it's what we do it's what we do so, but I think that would be a very interesting move. I mean, Harrison Ford on his own is a major star. Yes, uh, Indiana Jones, all the great movies he's made. Why not take that star power, put him to the front? Uh, you know, if if we were to kind of rank popularity of the of the characters of the original uh, Star Wars, um, I think Han Solo might beat out Luke Skywalker. I just there was something oh, yeah, about certainly that 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 smuggler the you know the with a heart of gold sort of thing people love han solo i think it would be really interesting and we had talked about that that this this movie is a a generation bridge from the previous generation to the next generation of star wars characters in in han solo um as that as that leader of that bridge uh, and it kind of leads into the next thing i i don't want to jump ahead too quickly mm-hmm. on you father but i think it's significant to the next two people um, in you know in going around the circle in this photo. Mm-hmm. Um, this uh, Daisy, uh, Daisy Ridley, Ridley and then Carrie Fisher. Yes. Here's my theory. And Peter Mayhew. And Peter Mayhew. But he, and, and 
and and so they go i think they go together the characters who go together are sitting together just like anthony daniels is sitting next to mark hamill mm -hmm. um i think that um in my, here's my theory Le uh, leia and han are married and that daisy ridley plays their daughter because she looks very much like carrie fisher yes she looks a little like um uh, harrison ford and I think she is the next generation of solos. She is even the same height as uh, as uh, Carrie Fisher. She's rather small. Yeah. So um, that would totally make sense. Absolutely. And it would also explain why these three are sitting together. Mm -hmm. However, I do have another theory about the role of Han Solo. Um, but but yes, looking at the photo, this seems to be the group that belongs together. You've got Han Solo and Chewbacca on both ends, and then in the center, you've got Mom Leia and her daughter. We don't know what her name is. <laughs> um, however, here's here's another um, uh, theory or, or 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 hypothesis. Do you remember that um, back in? This, uh, was it in November of 2013? You had these open casting calls. They traveled the world to find new undiscovered talent. And there were two descriptions of the type of characters that they were looking after. Um, the first role w would be a street smart, strong young girl, fit um, uh, around, you know, 17, 20 years old. And then the second role uh, was for a 19 to 23-year-old uh, guy who, and this was interesting in, in the description, who grew up without his father. Now, again, total speculation. But I, I, was, I was thinking they've gotten rid of the, um, of, of the burden of the expanded universe. So... What if in episode seven we discover that Han Solo, instead of becoming this very boring regular dad, well, I say boring, boring for the fans of Han Solo's character, but he would just be a stay-at-home dad and all he did was to, you know, be very nice to Leia and have the occasional quarrel and then, I don't know, not a smuggler anymore. But what if instead he is still Han Solo, independent, doesn't really want to stay in one place, always tries to get out. And what if he is no longer with Leia and, and his son grew up mostly without his father? And then the, combine this with the, 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 this rumor that he, he would have a major role in this first movie. And I think that is very, very likely because... Um, Harrison Ford has always said he didn't really care that much about Star Wars. Yes, it launched his career, but he wasn't eager to go back to this universe. Um, I think he even declined to to voice the, the you know his character in the Lego Movie. Um, but but if he signed on, he negotiated. And again, this is rumor, nothing confirmed, but there were indications that he had negotiated. Uh, um, a, a good role for him and also negotiated a, a number of new uh, Indiana Jones movies which kind of tells me he if he is there he doesn't just want to be in the background he wants to have a major role a role that that fits his stature as a you know a high profile uh, uh, actor so I'm thinking what well, what if uh, part of the story will be about this son 
that is, you know, grew up without Han Solo. And there is, you know, it's kind of like a tragic, tragic situation to be in. Leia is there. She might also, you know, he, he might have a sister. Um, and Leia and, and the daughter are close, but not this boy. And then somehow, I don't know, that would have an impact on 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 the choices that he makes, perhaps even potentially, I don't know, turning to the dark side or being threatened by the dark side. And then Han Solo has to redeem himself in this movie, re-become a dad. <laughs> that, that would be so Star Wars as a theme. You know, it's all about fathers and sons, right? And fathers that have to be redeemed. What if this time it's Han Solo that needs to be redeemed, needs to somehow save his son? And, and this is my final piece of the of the speculative puzzle. What if they decided to honor his wish that he had at the end of the the existing trilogy? He, he, or I think it was at the end of Empire. He wanted to die. He, he, he thought that Han Solo should sacrifice himself and die, and that would be the end of it. What if they take that idea and put it in episode seven? How incredibly impactful that would be? I mean... The, no one would want to miss this movie because <laughs> it would be so... And it would be the ultimate cliffhanger. And it's like, ah, at the end of the movie. Again, like nothing of what I said is based on fact, <laughs> not even on rumor, but it's just this wacky idea that I had. It's like, whoa, that would make Star Wars 7 very interesting. Here's, here's one little um, uh, fly in the ointment is Indiana Jones 4. That it would it would be compared to that because in that movie Indiana Jones had an illegitimate son who was his who who he discovered and they went on an adventure together. I I just I'm I'm I don't know whether they'd want to evoke that again, especially given the negative <laughs> reviews of both the movie and of uh, Shia LaBeouf in that role. Well, uh, I th wasn't that more linked to Shia LaBeouf and his Tarzan. Thing, <laughs> just the overall yeah. bad acting in this in that movie. <laughs> this is this is that's absolutely true. So, but I just I'm, I'm it's 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 an interesting uh, idea for a plot that um, that there's this son out there for and and that fathers and sons has always been a key theme of uh, Star Wars. I, I I completely agree with that. We've talked about that before. Uh, I'm just wondering whether J.J. Abrams is going to want to go there with with the. Uh, <laughs> With this uh, hanging out there in the background, but you know, it, I don't it's know. I don't possible. Know. It's possible. It's, it's a good one. It's a good. I mean, idea. I just want to like convey the sense that it's, don't trust the expanded universe uh, staples anymore. And it could very well be that Leia and Han are no longer together, or he's just this dad who's always gone. You know, he's always out there with his adventures, and you know, Leia is this stay-at-home mom, and. I don't know. <laughs> I just feel like there's potential there for an interesting have relationship and tension, and it's not going to be this happy family. I, I, I personally cannot imagine. I've all, that has always been my problem with the expanded universe and the way they portrayed Han Solo. It's like, uh, how much of Han Solo is is it now that he's settled down and and he's married? I mean, it just seems to me that he should be on an adventure. Anyway, um, let's. Let's uh, continue our uh, analysis of the photo and move to uh, the next uh, people in the picture. So we've got sitting there in, like in the foreground, it's um, uh, the two producers. Um, 
the name. Kathleen Kennedy and Brian Burke sitting next to each other. Brian seems to have a great time. He's laughing and uh, seems to enjoy himself. And then do you see in the right corner of the screen, there are some other people sitting there. And Mm -hmm. could those be minor roles? And the fact that they're sitting in a circle doesn't seem to me like they are, you know, just, I don't know, technical people or or it's just I'm, I'm thinking perhaps those are actors too uh, maybe they might also just be you know the the ADA and the various other you know producers and the other people on the on the the the, the crew of the of the movie um, this you can see this in the lower right and then in the lower left uh, you can just see the backs of a couple people's heads yeah uh, it's possible they could be people playing minor roles. Uh, uh, um, I mean, if this is a full read-through, yep. Yeah, is J.J. Abrams going to provide all the voices of the of the characters that are not there? Or if you're starting shooting, because let's not forget, that's just around the corner, wouldn't you just assume that all these people, all these extra characters are already there as well, all these actors? Kind of seems logical to me. And... There's one other reason why these could be actors as well, but just more minor actors. Look at that lady in the right corner. She has a script on her lap. So she is reading too. She, she might be reading along, but it makes much more sense to me that, that those are also actors and, and they just have smaller roles, but they do have lines. Anyway, moving to the left of that is a... a an actor, and th- this announcement came as a huge surprise for 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 me at least. <laughs> I think for many others as well. I had not heard his, his name anywhere. Donald Gleason, and every Harry Potter fan in the universe knows that this <laughs> was one of the Weasleys, and so uh, I think this is going to make all this huge, huge fan base of, of Harry Potter fans very, very happy <laughs> because, you know, he was Bill Weasley. And yes, he was not in all the movies. He was, I, I think, only in uh, Deathly Hallows Part Two, But, um, and he hasn't played in that many movies, um, but just recently starred in About Time, which is a kind of, I think, a romantic comedy about time travel or something like that. And he, he, he played a minor role in, in, in Dread, the 2012 version of Judge Dread. And that's, mm-hmm. that's kind of the... I don't see that many other... Oh, he was in Deathly Hallows Part 1 as well. That's about it. What do you think about... You know, is he going to be just... I, I, the fact that he's sitting there in, in this group of main actors, to me, means that he must have an important role, Right. Yeah, I think that everyone in this circle are, are going to have a, a, a more than just a couple of scenes. I mean, there'll be people who will be throughout the movie. And if we're going by this idea of groupings, he's sitting with the next group of actors, which is Anthony Daniels and uh, Mark Hamill. Yeah. So probably somehow um, within the orbit of Luke Skywalker, uh, whether that means he's a Jedi or just, you know, uh, a navigator on his ship or something like that where he's going to be with Luke Skywalker in some way. Uh, so, uh, he, he, you know, he, he strikes me as less the, uh, heroic, uh, action hero and more of sort of, um, comic relief. Sort yes. of actor. Well, I'm not so sure because the, the, the twins were the comic relief. And I think that Bill Weasley was, was more serious. Um, a bit of a rogue 
kind of character, and and of course we're assuming that that role in Harry Potter has anything to do with the the the, the typology, right? Or you know, the, his characterization in in Star Wars Seven. Um, you know, there's there's one other thing that I was thinking. Um, as you said, he's sitting next to Mark Hamill and uh, Anthony Daniels. So what if what if he is uh, uh, Luke Skywalker's son? Add to this that the Weasleys are all redheads. <laughs> I'm not sure if the actor himself is a natural redhead, but I think in a lot of photos on IMDb you see him with red hair. Now, combine this with, of course, who who was Luke Skywalker married to in the exp- expanded universe? Mara Jade. What color hair did she have? Red hair. I don't know. I could totally see him as a son of these two characters. Yep. <laughs> Again, assuming that they leave that intact, of course. That would be interesting. And he's about the right age. He's born in 1983, yeah. which means after, you know, if we're, if we're you know, real time versus equals movie time, after the events of Return of the Jedi. So he's, he's young enough to, to, you know, to kind of fit that, that age span. Um, that would be an interesting idea. So he would be Luke's son and maybe Padawan, or he'd be Perhaps. old enough maybe to be a master. But. but And he does have that kind of like Mark Hamill type of quality. Um, mm-hmm. And the only, the only thing is that, of course, it's a British actor. So um, would he be convincing enough as, a, as an American? <laughs> I don't know. But uh, yeah, I could totally see that work. Um, then, of course, Anthony Daniels. That is so exciting that he's back. He's he's been, I think, one of the most loyal actors in in the Star Wars universe. Always at every convention, um, has embraced Star Wars as you know just being the thing that he does in life. <laughs> I don't think he has had any other acting gigs, but uh, and he's also um, an extremely likable guy. Very very uh, good with the fans, um, and and a great sense of humor. Um, and uh, the fact that he's back, and of course he also played um, C-3PO in the prequels. I think he even fits in the costume, but I'm not sure if they want to do that to him. <laughs> but <laughs> no, probably just for a few shots. But it's it's so cool that he's back. And the fact that he's next to Mark Hamill, yeah, kind of makes sense that these two are together. Wearing the same shirt. <laughs> oh, wow, yeah, I didn't notice that. <laughs> or very similar shirts. <laughs> I don't know. Do we have to really uh, look at the the clothing as well? And can we deduce anything <laughs> related to these new movies? I don't think so. No. What I do see is that um, uh, uh, Peter Mayhew has. Uh, I think it's a. Is it? Is that a Star Wars logo on his T-shirt, on his uh, left sleeve? Oh wow, that's that's look like looks like a like a rebel, um, uh, rebel logo. Anyway. It's just probably just him being a fanboy. <laughs> um, yeah, so Mark Hamill definitely there. Um, well, by the way, what do you think of the way these you know old actors look? Are they in shape? Are they ready? <laughs> or do they need a lot of makeup and digital retouching? Well, I think they're going to – this just uh, goes without saying. They're going to need some makeup. But, you know, I, I can't really see Mark Hamill, but uh, Harrison Ford look, is looking svelte. He's looking like he's in good shape. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, kind of hard to see Carrie Fisher she, the way she's sitting, but uh, yeah. you know uh, they'll they'll movie magic. They'll they'll make him. Uh, they'll look good. They'll they'll be great on screen. We'll say that's Han Solo. I don't know if he'll be wearing the the vest. It would be awesome if he was, but uh, but we'll we'll look at him and we'll, we'll say you know these 
these are the these are the characters. These are, these are the the three uh, beloved characters. Uh, I just I, I want to just take a moment and say it is going to be so awesome to see them on screen for the yes. first time in the in these roles. Uh, my head's going to explode. Um, <laughs> I'm just going to be like crazy uh, watching this at midnight somewhere on December was it, 18th in 2015. Uh, just uh, I'm just so excited right now. Uh, I can't contain myself, but. Uh, yeah, I think they look. I think they look great. I think they look ready. Um, I can't imagine that they're not as excited as we are. Yes, absolutely. By the way, in the chat room, uh, Lynn reminded us. Lynn is a is a Harry Potter expert. That uh, Domhnall Gleeson is Irish, and actually the son of the guy who played Mad Eye Moody in uh, in Harry Potter. I didn't know that. Uh-huh. that looks Doesn't look anything like his father. <laughs> <laughs> and then next to Mark Hamill. Who do we have there? That to me was the biggest shock and the biggest surprise, and and at the same time was like, oh yeah, that makes sense. It is Andy Serkis. That's oh my gosh! You know, <laughs> I've been doing a Hobbit podcast for three or four years now. And it was like, man, Andy Serkis, how <laughs> cool is that? I, they wrapped up filming The Hobbit. This totally makes sense. You know, I saw someone speculate online that uh, Andy Serkis is coming to play Jar Jar, and I said, oh. <laughs> I- <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> I don't think so. However, yeah. of course, Andy Serkis, you, you kind of assume that he's going to be a motion capture uh, type of performance. Uh, perhaps one character, perhaps multiple characters, um, like he's been doing for, uh, you know, some of the Planet of the Apes movies and uh, King Kong. And, uh, you know, in King Kong, he was both King Kong the ape and he was the the chef on the on the ship right right um we've seen him as Gollum, but we've also seen him uh, uh see seen him as the the uh what's the name schmiegel uh before he became Gollum, and so he's also acted as you know just being himself without without any motion capture but to me bringing on board uh because they they can do motion capture for various characters uh they don't need Andy Serkis for that. They've done that in previous movies as well. I'm thinking Andy Serkis. You want a combination of someone who can do mocap, but at the same time can can truly act and has uh, an incredible range in his performances. So I'm thinking this is this is probably going to be a major CGI character um, in 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 Episode Seven and potentially even Eight and Nine. Um, a, a new character, and this is kind of you know. <laughs> A way to to perhaps redeem the 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 Jar Jar Binks fiasco and bring in a CGI character that does work. That's he's, right. He's got a great sense of humor. I I think he could pull it off. And he's got the voice range that he can do all kinds of things. I mean, from Gollum all the way to you know the Planet of the Apes uh, apes. I mean, he's he's got he can do voices. He can he and he's he's just a, he's a great he's a great actor in that sort of role. I mean, yes. Um, and he's become, a, a, from my understanding, a, a pretty good um, uh, assistant director. So he understands that side of the camera. Yes. Yes. And so uh, you know, I think I think all, he's a he's a very well rounded uh, actor, and uh, it should be interesting to see what they've got planned for for. I mean, this when you think mo- motion capture CGI characters, there are a lot of a lot of people who do that out there. But the first name you think of is Andy Serkis, and they got they got the best. Yes. And um, I'm thinking also in terms of the chemistry between the actors, which is also extremely important in the whole casting process. You you want these people to get along, right? So obviously with the older actors, 
that's kind of a given, you know, Anthony Daniels and Mark Hamill. I mean, they've been they've been going through these conventions for for ages. So that that surely is going to work. Um, but for all these new actors, you also need mentors. You know, you need experienced people that kind of can can guide the younger actors on set. Andy Serkis would be great for that as well. And just be kind of like a coach of the younger younger actors. And um, the, the the well, we've been kind of deducing from the way that this whole table read is is taking place and the way that these people are are seated next to one another that there might be a, a relationship. The, uh, Andy Circus is sitting next to two young new actors. What if instead of you know being a new CGI character that is linked to one of the existing? actors from uh, 4, 5, and 6, he is a, a CGI counterpart of one of the two guys that are sitting on his left. Let's talk about them. We've got um, Adam Dry... No, wait. Uh, this is Oscar Isaac and... Um, who's the, the other guy? Um, John Boyega, right? Yep. So John Boyega... Is uh, uh, is uh, actually now has a role in the new Twenty Four. Is it a movie or is it a, a series? It's a series. It's a mini series. So it's going to be uh, fans are gonna you're gonna want to watch the Twenty Four. It's coming up actually in May. It's going to be on on air soon on on Fox in the U.S. Um, so if you want to get a, a preview of who this guy is as an actor, uh, you, you know they'll be able to watch. Him in the new Twenty Four coming up in a, uh, in a couple weeks. Right, and he's also um, an actor of, uh, uh, has a role in Attack of the Block, which apparently is something that most people know him for. I've not seen that. I, I assume it's a movie, right? Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna plead <laughs> it. <laughs> I think it's a 2011 movie, which was uh, um, you know an acclaimed uh, an acclaimed movie. So, um, it, and it was a sci-fi. It was a sci-fi comedy, actually. Interesting. Hmm. But British, a British actor. Yeah. So could he be a Jedi? He does. He does do a convincing American accent, from what I've heard. Um, so it could go either way. Um, he could be a hero. He could be a villain. Um, we don't know. Sitting next to him, uh, however, was still getting to getting used to all these. So Oscar Isaac. Again, I was like. He has a familiar face, but I couldn't really remember him from anything specific. And then I went through the list, and I was like, "No, of course, he was Joseph, Joseph in um, uh, the Nativity Story." Remember that movie? Oh, I didn't see that one. It was one. like this Christmas movie, and and so he was the father of Jesus. <laughs> wow! I was like, "Man, dude, I know him." Yeah, so he's got to be a good guy, right? <laughs> <laughs> He is uh, born in 1980 in Guatemala. Um, good looking, you know. He also uh, pl plays guitar and sings uh, in Blinking Underdogs. <laughs> and so he's, he's, he's got a pretty big range, I think. He was raised in Miami, in Florida. Um, so, yeah, is he, is he a good guy? Is he a bad guy? We'll, we'll, we'll speculate. I've got some more theories about the, the roles that they might be playing. So, but clearly, two young youngish characters relatively unknown yeah same same age range as as most of the actors uh, in in this cast announcement there's been quite a bit of 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 uh, pushback from the the blogosphere and the, on twitter about the fact that there's only one new female actor actress so far yeah so far 
And then, of course, immediately afterward, followed by this rumor that J.J. Abrams is still looking for, you know, uh, the other big female role. So I'm like, yeah, well, it's so it's this whole politically correct type of conversation going on in the web. What if that young actress has the main role, you know, would be the equivalent of Luke Skywalker? What then? You know, <laughs> who would complain then? So what can you deduce from 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 this cast? I don't know. Um, and then sitting next to uh, John Boyega is uh, the only actor that we already had seen confirmed, Adam Driver. And we heard that he might actually play uh, a villain. Mm-hmm. Any, any new details about that? He seems to be, you know, he's sitting alone there, not next to anyone else. Well, have, he's, he's sitting have... next to uh, 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 Kasdan, the co-writer yep. of the script. So I haven't heard anything new about him, uh, although um, we talk about him sitting alone. Of course, if the, the we have one final new member of the cast who isn't present for the table read, uh, who might have been sitting next to him if if they're casting according to type. And who would that be? That's Max von Sydow. That's true. Max he, from Sydow, yes. He's played, he's played characters who were not bad guys. I mean, he's, he's not always played a bad guy in the movies, but very often he plays a bad guy, and... Uh, uh, and, and so if there were to be two villains, or, you know, and we remember the there two there always are. Master Apprentice. Hmm. An interesting thing to see. Max, Max von Sydow was, was, however, a very, um, again, surprising move. It's a well-known, very respect, respected actor. You know, he played the priest in The Exorcist. He was in Robin Hood, uh, Ghost. Well, well, no, that's just a video game, Ghostbusters. Um, he, um, what else did he do? He he had a role in Minority Report, Shutter yep. Island. Yep. Um, so many things. Very prolific actor. Big actor. And yep. has the kind of gravitas that uh, you would need for a, for a senior role. Like either a Jedi or, yeah, why not? A Sith Lord. Someone with authority. And uh, and I'm thinking also, looking at his age, he was born in 1929. Uh, you might want to just sign him on for this movie and not make <laughs> any plans for the number three that is coming out, you know, in, in, I don't know, six years from now, seven years from now, who knows. So, which makes me think that that idea of him being, um, let's say, a Sith Lord and Adam Driver being his apprentice kind of makes sense, right? Because the the older Sith Lord can can die or whatever and go away and then this new Sith Lord can rise. That would be very Star Wars like. That would be. Could also be almost like a archetyp- archetypical um let's say contrast with the character of Obi-Wan Kenobi in uh, A New Hope. You know, who died at the end of A New Hope and this and, and that was that was a, a Jedi. Now we might see the same thing happening in in contrast with a, a Sith Lord who dies, so that a new a parallelism. Say again. Uh, I'm sorry. A, a bit of parallelism. Yeah, some kind of a parallel. I mean, Star Wars is parallelism, whether you like it or not. But it would be a mistake not to create parallels because that's what George Lucas did, and has always done. And it, it it's just part of of the the tropes of Star Wars that you have to do these repeat repeats of, of scenes and situations and even character relations that we've seen before 
Speaking of George Lucas, by the way, a little side note, I read somewhere um, that J.J. Abrams has had access, exclusive access, to the original notes from George Lucas. George Lucas made an outline for 7, 8, and 9, and never knew if he would ever film them. But we know that he had that kind of probably a rough, rough draft hidden in a safe on either at home or at Skywalker Ranch. And so J.J. Um, uh, Abrams has had access to those drafts. So it could very well be that some of these characters uh, were part of the original ideas of, of George Lucas. It would be kind of disrespectful not to at least use part of that, you know, those original ideas, wouldn't it? J.J. Abrams is, is a, such a fan of Star Wars and George Lucas. Uh, if it were me, you know, I'm not J.J. Abrams, so I'm not going to, mm -hmm. you know, Try to try to be him, but if it were me, I'd want I'd want to be a fan as well as uh, the director, and to you know, and to kind of live a bit of George Lucas's vision. Yes, I could totally see that he'd want to incorporate it because recognizing that Star Wars is George Lucas, just like Lord of the Rings and Middle Earth is J.R.R. Tolkien. I mean, and Star Star Trek is Gene Roddenberry. You want to keep the uh, some of the original vision, some of the original heart of what this story really is as much you know as much as you can and while you still have you know peter jackson doesn't have tolkien to go to and, mm -hmm. and get his notes and frankly that's probably a good thing uh <laughs> given how much it's <laughs> but but george lucas is here for him and, yes. and why not tap that that awesome vision i mean well, and you want lucas to be happy with these new movies right he <laughs> What would be more disastrous for for uh, the the promotion of this movie than George Lucas saying, "Well, yeah, I still think that my original story was better." <laughs> <laughs> and what if these these first drafts would ever be published? You know, and then you would realize that J.J. Abrams used nothing of those original drafts. It would be a little bit, I don't know. So again, disrespectful of that legacy. But we also know that, you know, the prequels, that was all George Lucas and it wasn't really, didn't result in a, in a very compelling story, which is something that he realized himself. That is why he started with um, A New Hope and not with The Phantom Menace. When he started, he was like, I, I will take the most exciting part of the story. But we'll see. Um, the, the, there is one theory that I have about uh, Max von Sydow's uh, uh, character, and that is it cannot be a Jedi. Um, or it would be, it's very unlikely that it is a Jedi. Why? Well, think, and, and, and my first initial thought was, no, he's going to be a, a new Obi-Wan Kenobi. He's going to be this, this good Jedi. Why? Because, of course, he played Jesus in um, the, was it 1959 the movie, The Greatest Story Ever Told? So it was like, yeah, if you play Jesus, you cannot be a Sith Lord. <laughs> but then I was thinking, no, it's impossible because we know that uh, uh, Mark Hamill, uh, Luke Skywalker, was the only remaining Jedi. And yes, I know there is another <laughs> Leia, probably. Or wait, could it be that they're twisting the story like this? That no, Leia, because we know from the expanded universe that Leia has, uh, you know, becomes a Jedi, uh, or at least gets, you know, gets to do more with the Force. But what if Yoda's little remark, what there is another at the end of Empire, would, would refer to this old Jedi dude <laughs> played by Maximum Sido? But it's unlikely because they were all killed and 
I don't know. It's and, and, and if you truly want to be a Jedi master, you have to start early, right? Jedi were chosen at a very early age. Think of Anakin. So it's I think it's very unlikely that if you have that age that you would would be this like a new convert. This I was this old guy who just discovered the force at a later age. Whereas the Sith, we don't don't know much about them, right? They they could still be around. Well, the one possibility for him being a Jedi is that Yes, they thought they killed all the Jedi, that Darth Vader hunted them all down. But what if one just went in such deep hiding? And like, of all the Jedi in all the galaxy, one could have escaped notice and hidden away on some planet that masks the, the midichlorians. I don't know. What I mean. <laughs> don't I'm mention the- that again. I just don't want to hear about midichlorians in the new movies anymore. <laughs> no, no Jar Jar, no midichlorians. Um, but you know that it's possible that there was this guy, and he and it could be that classic role of the the um, the old master who is now disappointing, and you know he's alcoholic and and yeah. he has to be pulled out of the depths of his depression and despair and called forth to lead again or something. You know, you can think you could think of you know a- the reluctant Jedi teacher. That'd be interesting. Although you kind you would think that Mark Hamill takes on that role of the the one who initiates the younger generation. That's kind of what Lucas said about uh, seven, eight, and nine. It's it's about Luke, you know, passing on the legacy to a new generation of Jedi. So, yeah. I, I, all that said, I still feel like Max von Sydow is 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 gonna be. I think, like you said, I think he's gonna be a Sith, and I mm-hmm. think he'll be a great one. I yeah. Think yeah. Oh, definitely. He's like. But, one Man. other um, possibility, of course, is you know he could he might as well play a non-force user. What if he's just this political mastermind, mm-hmm. this new the leader of a new empire or whatever? I mean, there, this is called Star Wars, and so there has to be a war, there has to be a conflict. Conflicts are never about about the force, right? They're about uh, interests, about money, about planets, about resources. So there has to be at least a par- you know some po- politics going on. So he could just he might just be the leader of the new Senate. Who knows? Mm-hmm. But if you get an actor of this caliber, yeah, it kind of makes sense to give him the role of a Sith Lord, also because that is part of the vocabulary uh, and and the archetypes in Star Wars. You need to have an evil mastermind. And as much as Luke Skywalker will might be trying to pass on the ways of the Force and the light side to um, his Padawans and the new generation, the Sith might try to do the same. So yeah, you just have to have. If you're going to have Jedi, you got to have Sith. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's the two sides yes. of the evil, and the the natural analog to the Jedi is Sith. And so there's got to be Sith in this movie. Now, not only did Max uh, von Sydow or Sydow played Jesus in Great Story Ever Told. By the way, it was a movie from 1965. Thank you, Mike, in the chat room. Uh, but he also played, was it Emperor Ming in Flash Gordon? Yes. Which was kind of cool because we all know that George Lucas originally didn't want to make Star Wars. No, he wanted to make Flash Gordon, and he couldn't get the rights. <laughs> <laughs> what would my life be like had he made Flash Gordon instead of Star Wars? Oh, <laughs> The Secrets of Flash Gordon would be oh, the, the name of this podcast. Oh, man. <laughs> and and just the, the, the thought of the, what they ultimately did with Flash Gordon in that horrid, campy movie. <laughs> but I, I heard rumors that they're going to reboot Flash Gordon, which might actually give it a little bit more, uh, you know, of, a, of a, the quality that, that, that the, the 
the whole the whole story merits. But yeah, Flash Gordon. So so he has played both good guys and bad guys. Yes. All right. Well, what else can we deduce from the photo? Have we gone over all the details? Have you looked at what's in the background? Is there anything there that is like, oh, that could be this or that? I'm, I've studied the every panel, every box. Everything is pretty much closed up. There's an electrical panel uh, sort of over the shoulder of uh, of J.J. Abrams. Mm-hmm. Um, I even tried to study the furniture. I mean, there's nothing really in here that I haven't looked at. There's nothing. I mean, the, I think, you know, the placement of of R2-D2 in that scene, I think it's intentional. I think because, yes. you know, R2 is part of the cast in mm-hmm. a sense. Um, so that as you're reading it, he should be there uh, to to be part of the scene. Um, well, and it also makes this a Star Wars photo immediately. It's like... in. Without thinking, you're like, oh, this is Star Wars. Whereas if, if R2-D2 would not be in the... But then you'd have to, like, what are we looking at? It's a, gr- a bunch of people. Oh, wait, that's J.J. Abrams. Oh, wait, that's Harrison Ford. So just a very simple way to, um, you know, m- m- make this all about Star Wars visually, especially for the, like, mainstream media, right? We all know all these actors, but a lot of new folks don't. And a that's- lot of regular people might not recognize all these actors, especially because they've aged, right? So one other thing I would point out is um, who's got the books open on their lap and who doesn't and w- how far into the script they are. Ah, good point. So um, you've got um, uh, Harrison Ford and uh, uh, Daisy. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to learn these names. Daisy Ridley have it open. Um, Anthony uh-huh. Daniels has it open. Um, um, uh, Peter Mayhew. Uh, Peter Mayhew. Um, oh, the, one of the new, John Boyega. Uh-huh. They all have it open yep. relatively early on in the script. Yes. Uh, it's like yes. most, mostly uh, the early pages. Um, Adam Driver doesn't. I can't see whether uh, Mark – oh, and uh, Andy Serkis has it open. Yep. I can't see Mark Hamill does. I, I can't really see if Donald Gleason does, but but it, I don't think so. Um, uh, no, Don, Donald Gleason has, has the book in his hands. Okay, he yes. does. It's hard to see there. Uh, Carrie, uh, Carrie Fisher does not. No, true. So – we might be able to deduce a little bit about you know, the early scenes. I mean, this is uh-huh. this is really Kremlinology, but you know, we might be able to deduce who's in that early, you know, some of yep. these early scenes yep. and who yep. isn't. You're right. You're right. It it, it makes sense that it is um, Anthony Daniels because the, the 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 original movie started with the two the two droids. It's something that I think would would be a, a an awesome parallel. It also makes sense that we get introduced to the older characters, the familiar characters first. If you want to get the applause and the oh out of the way, <laughs> and a, a great, I can imagine a great uh, opening scene or, or early scene where uh, Han Solo is doing his customary um, uh, cussing and at uh, at C three PO, you know, his dismissiveness toward the yes. droid. <laughs> what makes you think there's settlements over there? Um, well, what if what if you know? thinking Han Solo and Chewbacca have to be together, right? It doesn't make sense to have Chewbacca at home and then Han Solo and the Millennium Falcon. They they, they got to be in that ship. Um, we see that Leia hasn't got, the, or... <laughs> um, Carrie. Uh, Carrie Fisher doesn't have the script open. So uh, w- what if um, it's Daddy Solo who has taken his daughter... <laughs> Played by Daisy um, on on the Millennium Falcon, right? And C three PO is there as well, and um, probably R two. R two is there, and then they 
to have a scene with Andy Serkis and um, uh, John Boyega, some kind of a meetup. And uh, I don't know. Uh, so c- could it be that Leia? Just I'm, I'm trying to expand on my wacky theory from earlier. Um, that Leia is at home with her son, mm-hmm. and who could that son be? Who actually could be? Who could play um, Han Solo's son? The only one in this crowd, I think, who really could fit that is Oscar Isaac. I mean, he's got the right look and he's about the right yep. age. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. That would work. Um, yeah. Is there anything else in these in these photos? Uh, in this one photo, it's only one one picture. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> drinking a lot of water. That's all I see. Um, you, know, you, you didn't. You wouldn't think we could spend forty-five minutes talking about a photo, but we can. Of course, we can. <laughs> of course. <laughs> and, and it's it's likely. I mean, in the background, you see some. Um, um, and and this might also be have been composed, right? This this whole mm-hmm. table read. It's not for nothing that they're on a set uh, because it evokes like we're almost beginning. Be, but by the way, behind J.J. Abrams. Do you see that, like the side of that wall? That definitely seems like part of a, you know, that could be a, a spaceship kind of set, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. It's it's um, it doesn't look like just regular, and that might also be one of the reasons that the photo is in black and white. So you wouldn't be able to tell the difference between, let's say, the background of of set pieces, like the 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 wooden framework in the background, the big rectangular thing, and and actual set pieces that, of course, would be, you know, painted in colors. And we, we we would see that these two things behind J.J. Abrams are actually real set pieces, and not not just um, I don't know just random stuff that belongs in the in the on the soundstage. That's very interesting. Yes, just saying. And then where are they sitting? Do you notice that this is kind of on a lowered part of the stage, and there are stairs uh, uh, behind uh, what's his name Adam Adam, Adam Driver. Yep. And those sta- those are definitely, you know, like wooden stairs. So they've been created there. So they might be painted. Um, and there are two similar big boxes next to those stairs, right? So that this almost looks like part of a set where they're sitting. It's right. just unfinished. Mm. Could, could this be the, the interior of a spaceship or I don't know. It just looks like something or a house. I don't know. <laughs> and the fact that there are drawings... Like br- blueprints on on the on the right rectangular thing, it could it could indicate that this is they're just building up a set here. They're in the process of of uh, of creating a set. I don't know. Um, there is one last thing that, and, and then we need to wrap up this whole thing. Um, who is who? Uh, that is, of course, for us the most important question because we know now know. These actors, we have no indication as to which roles they will play. We've speculated a bit about it. I want to just bring back uh, um, the original casting call hand down that leaked out. And this was around June 2013. And uh, people can actually go back to our uh, early episodes uh, where we discussed this at length. But um, this was has been confirmed that uh, to be accurate by inside sources, and 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 this was um, a description of various characters um, when they were doing the open casting call in the UK. Now, I th- I know that 
the script has changed, right? Uh, Kasdan and J.J. Abrams did some extensive rewriting. However, it does, doesn't mean that this whole, you know, this casting call is is completely invalid. It might very well be that some of these characters have survived in the same way that the original draft of, of, of A New Hope um, became a very different story. However, a lot of the names and a lot of the characters somehow kind of morphed into what they are uh, what they are now. So the same might happen with this original casting call. And we just want to go through the list of the descriptions here and see if we can think of possible connections to the current cast. First character that they were looking for, late teen female, independent, good sense of humor, fit. To me, that could totally match Daisy Ridley, right? Right. Um you know, good sense of humor. If 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 she's anything like uh, uh, Carrie Fisher, uh, Princess Leia, you need to have witty and smart, right? Um, so then they were looking for a young twenty-something male, also witty and smart, fit but not traditionally good-looking. Like uh, young twenty-something, there is no one in this cast, in this new cast, that is young twenty-something. They're all in their you know approaching their 30s but that doesn't really mean that they can't play someone in their 20s mm -hmm. uh, by the way also late teen some 17 year old there i don't know well perhaps perhaps uh daisy could could pass for a for younger than she actually is but um so i'm thinking you know witty and smart fit but not traditionally good looking man that sounds like a weasley <laughs> that sounds like bill weasley <laughs> so I'm thinking, could could this be um, um, Donald Gleason's character? I don't know. You know, if if he's grown, if if we if we combine that with what we said earlier about maybe he's he's uh, Luke Skywalker's son, it's possible that we if we transferred your theory from Han Solo, maybe it's Luke Skywalker's son who grew up without the father. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'd be yeah. interesting. That would be very interesting. Yes, he could have force powers as the son of a Jedi. Uh huh. And yet, would not maybe not have uh, had the opportunity to be, you know, trained as a Jedi, and so he's got these powers that he doesn't know he has. Huh, what if huh, this would be the ultimate father-son problem? What if Luke Skywalker has, you know, being the kind of the only remaining Jedi, did the same to his son that the Jedi Council did to Anakin, and you know, multiple times? It's like I don't think you're fit to be a Jedi. I really honestly don't think. And then the son is like, but you're always gone. What do you know about me? You know, and, and, and that could lead him to the dark side. Hmm. And, you know, when we talk about, you know, Star Wars is always about fathers and sons. It's actually, it's always about Skywalker fathers and sons. Yep. 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 Um, true. True. Be... True. Oh, yeah. This, this is probably, I think we're onto something. Mm -hmm. That would totally work. That Luke Skywalker, you know, being this only Jedi is a huge responsibility. So he has to, uh, he's almost like J.J. Abrams, you know, scouting the universe for young new Jedi, unknowns, <laughs> to, to be cast in the future history of the universe. And so perhaps he's always been gone. And, and, that's, and, and having also judged that his son is not fit to be a Jedi, what if... Luke Skywalker lives on Tatooine, and we know that Tatooine is going to go is, is going to be back. What if his son is now like Luke Skywalker, and he's mm -hmm. stuck on Tatooine, and his father is always gone and on these adventures, and his son is sitting there with you know his only companion is C three PO. 
<laughs> who tells him all these stories about great adventures. And he's, he's, I mean, that would be so awesome to start with a parallel to what made episode four so great. It's that, you know, mm-hmm. I'm stuck on Tatooine, but I long to be a Jedi. I want to be a Jedi. I want to go on an adventure. And I, I totally think that a, a guy like Dommel Gleason would, would totally work in a setting like that. Just, I don't know. How cool would that be? And I think it would make uh, also Mark Hamill's character so interesting. Because he would be just more than just his good guy. And, and, and the Jedi he would also be a flawed father. And you're right. This has always been about Skywalker fatherhood. Yes. And, and, and it might now be the father that has to bring his son back to the, to the light side, ultimately. Hmm. Think about that. Then let me continue the description of these uh, this this June casting call. They were also looking for a late twenty something male, fit, handsome, and confident. When I read that, I was like, confident and handsome, Han Solo kind of character. What if that is um, Oscar Isaac? Right. You know that. I think would totally work with this description. Then, now it gets really interesting. In that original June description of these characters, they were looking for a 70-something male with strong opinions and tough demeanor. Also doesn't need to be particularly fit. Makes sense if you're casting a 70-year-old. I mean, that's obvious. That's Max von Sydow. He's older than 70, but definitely... Is has you know is is able to pull off a strong opinionated character, tough, and yeah, so not particularly fit. It's like the emperor, you know. You you can you can train young Sith without being fit as long as you can do the um, uh, uh, the the lightning thing <laughs> with your hands. <laughs> <laughs> so. I'm just the fact that they casted Max von Sydow made me think. Oh my gosh, that original description perhaps gives us more clues than we thought with the after the rewrite. Then mm. they were also looking for a forty-something male, fit and military type. Now, I I don't know. I I don't see a, a, a true forty-year-old. I mean, Oscar Isaac is from nineteen eighty. So, I don't know. He, he could also pass for a military guy, but I'm thinking, eh, it's, I don't see it in this list. So, that might just be a character that has, you know, been changed or deleted. Mm-hmm. And then the final uh, character here on the casting call is a uh, 30-something male, an intellectual. Apparently, doesn't need to be fit. So, that too could could be Donald Gleason, perhaps, or I don't know. But it could also be just a minor role that has been thrown out of the window but the 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 thing is this description has two female uh, characters so this young independent good sense of humor fit female and then a second one also late teens tough smart and fit uh, that would jive with uh the rumors that jj uh, abrams is is still looking for that final female character um, and, um, it, yeah, it might bring more balance to the Star Wars universe to have a secondary female <laughs> character. That's about it. That, I, I've gone through all my notes. I have nothing more to add. Any final thoughts, Dom? Um, I think 
next thing we're going to see uh, coming out and we're going to have to look for is more about who these actors are, especially the, the less known ones like Daisy Ridley. Um, and we should look forward to uh, the, the, that announcement of the, the fun, if there's going to be more casting, the final casting, and then the start of filming coming up in a couple of weeks from when we're recording this. So um, the, things are going to start moving at a, at a more rapid pace, I hope, and we'll get more rumors as things start, start going. This is a very exciting time to be a, a Star Wars fan, so uh, uh, I'm looking forward to this, this ride. This, this summer is going to be a good summer. I hope so, too. I truly hope so. Almost makes me want to book a ticket for London and just walk around and see if I can spot at least uh, Carrie Fisher's dog. Cause she, <laughs> she tweeted the other day that apparently her dog has been spotted without her. And so she was asking for more information from people. <laughs> What's my dog up to? Has he got a secret relationship? <laughs> well, I, to add to that, uh, there had been stories over the weekend about you know the, some of the original cast being spotted in London. Uh, uh, you might not have seen those when because mm-hmm. you were in Rome. But uh, so there were these stories coming out that Mark Hamill was spotted yep. and Peter Mayhew and Harrison Ford. So it's almost like they had to release this. True. You know, True. This release just because you know they're all there it's it's out there anyway we might as well we might as well make it into a big pr moment and uh, and they certainly did oh boy this story trended on facebook and twitter and uh so yes. there's, a, there's a lot of people a lot of fans out there a lot of people who really are interested in in this new star wars movie and that's great that's great for uh, for all star wars fans and if and again a very very smart move to publish that big photo in black and white because it it gives you this trust that it's all going to be all right. This looks like as if this could have happened in 1977, this photo, except for the sneakers that some people are wearing. But, man, this definitely looks vintage. And isn't that what we're longing for? This movie is just as much about a new generation of Star Wars fans as it is about us, the older generation, the people that long back for what they felt when they saw Episode 4, 5, and 6. And, of course, it's an impossible mission for J.J. Abrams, but as we know, he has done some impossible impossible mission movies, so he might pull it off. All right, and with that, we've come to the end of this episode of Secrets of Star Wars. You can find more information on our website, starwars.sqpn.com. That's also where you find links to me and Dom's uh, Twitter and Facebook uh, uh, accounts, and so you can follow us. We are also on Twitter. Um, that would be a great place to interact with you guys, uh, listeners, guys and gals, of course. Um, it's at Secret Star Wars. That's our Twitter account, at Secret Star Wars. And we're also on Facebook and on Facebook I think we are Star Wars Secrets Um, I'm just going to check that I still don't know it's crazy yes it's Star Wars Secrets Um, so uh, we welcome your feedback your thoughts on this casting call is there anything we missed Uh, but also if you if you have a scoop if you if you read an article let us know because sometimes something might come in right before we start recording our episode and and so we need your eyes and ears as well to keep us uh, informed about what's happening in this wonderful uh, world of star wars so dom thank you so much thank you father may the force be with you and also with you <laughs> bye bye now sqpn leading the way in catholic new media